You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by STS Steel Targets, premium shooting targets and accessories. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and uh, welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is episode number five, and with me is Greg. Yeah, guys, here you go. Greg, uh, Greg, that's all it is. It's just Greg and I here. Uh, my name's Rusty, and um, we've had a couple of guys who are off doing some other things tonight, so we're um, just the duo, and we're going to uh, try and take you through a couple of things tonight, a few articles, and uh, see how we go from there. So, hey, you feeling all right with this, Greg? Yeah, mate, all good. Good? All good. <laughs> I'm glad, you, glad you've got under no, control, no, mate. No cuff too tough. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pretend I know that what that means, mate, and we'll go with that. So, Greg, what have you got in front of you there, mate? Um, what I have here is the uh, the latest. Well, it's not the latest, actually. It, it's one of the articles that's recently been posted by the Precision Rifle um, blog. Yep, and it's it's basically all about uh, stocks used in the Precision Rifle series, or stocks and chassis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's a very interesting article. So it it looks at the top one hundred yet again. So these are these are the the best guys in the game, and and what sort of stocks uh, that have proven to be most most popular. Um, yeah, it's quite a it's quite a um a good list. Although as as we've seen for the other lists, it's a fairly dominated sort of a one or two sort of players, and you, then it, it falls down from there a bit. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know it breaks it down into brands, and then when you get further into the article, it actually breaks the brands down into the different models that we use. So it's quite informative. So what are we what are we running as the top models? Uh, top models, uh, Manners. Um, sorry, top brands. Yeah, top yeah. Brands. Sorry, top brands. Uh, Manners uh, got a fair chunk of the top ten um, and the top twenty, and it, yeah. So look, it was probably the dominant stock. Yeah, by far brand. Like. Right across the placings as well, not just in quantity, but in high placings. Uh, and Macmillan. Um, yep. Which is only half the amount probably, but um, still fairly dominant and also Accuracy International. Then we've got J. Allen and XLR, and then it sort of starts to drop away into small quantities after that with quite a quite an array of different stocks. Yeah, well, there's a couple of there that I'm uh, familiar with in the... Uh what do we say, the, the Desert Tech, which is obviously because they come on the Desert Tech rifles. Um, Desert Tech are releasing a chassis sometime soon, which uh, I did like the look of, but it hasn't hasn't eventuated at this stage. Mm-hmm. There's the KRG, which uh, I've had a little bit of experience with, and I'm, I know you've shot, uh, shot one of those as well, Greg, which are sort of chassis style. Uh, mm-hmm. But from there, it does sort of um, peter off a little bit. There's a couple of, couple of names we know with... Um, Ashbury Precision and and such, but um, l- looking at those top, what is it, top s- five? Yeah. Um, you've had a reasonable, uh, reasonable experience with those ones. There, I've, uh, I know we both run Manners stocks uh, on rifles. Yep. Um, I've got a JAE, which I was a little, I was, I was a little surprised when I saw that because they're actually quite a heavy stock, um, and in that Precision Rifle series, I, I would have thought a sort of a mid weight stock would be an advantage, but um. Uh, the the stock is excellent, works really really well, and is very um very solid. So I guess if you if you're not running too far or climbing too many hills, it's probably quite a uh, quite appropriate. Yeah, I know I've got the old Manners T3 stock, which doesn't sure. have any of the adjustment 
mm. that uh, you know these stocks they're using in the PRS series. Um, but it's still yeah, it's quite a nice stock to to use. I really like it. Have you had much uh, to do with Macmillan stocks? Never used a Macmillan stock. Um, okay. I'd like to. Have you? Have you? <laughs> uh, have you? I've I've not ever owned one, but I certainly have used a, a couple. Um, and they are look, they're they're, I guess, very, uh, very competitive with Manners. I mean, McMillan were probably the dominant force for a long time, but prior to Manners' arrival and and gaining popularity, um, and yeah, they're, they're both an excellent uh, excellent stock for that type of thing. And and then we go down to the more of the chassis style from Accuracy International. Um, which recently I've I've really been taken with the uh, the uh, the AX model um, for no particular reason. I just seem to have liked it, and I'm not usually a big fan of the chassis styles, but that that one is uh, yeah, has got my attention at the moment. Mm, yeah, no, it looks good. Um, yeah, nice looking stocks, actually. Very nice looking stocks. Definitely love to get in behind some of these and just just get it all configured up and just feel the comfort level of some of these stocks because. I know um, on on the Facebook site, we uh, Sam, I think you posted up the um, the final of the PRS series. Yeah, the, the, there's a video of the um, the finale from the PRS, yeah. and um, that's yeah, certainly it's about an hour long video, but it's worth it's yeah. worth a lot, isn't it? Definitely worth a watch. And when you when you look at it in detail, if you just take your time and, and really look at the detail, the way their stocks are configured and so well locked in. Mm. Um, when when they're reloading, there's just such minimal movement of their um, their rifle. It's it's just you know it really makes you want one of these stocks because <laughs> um, I know I, I I don't have that stability and, and and that level of just having that stock locked really well into the shoulder. Yeah, and I guess when you when you're working with one stock that you know really really well and you've spent the time to adjust it and get it all. Fitting what you're doing, um, you get them very, very solid, mm. and you get them very comfortable, and uh, yeah, allow you to to operate really quickly. Um, do you like the chassis styles, or do you like the more um, I don't know what to call them more more, more traditional, but they're they're not they're sort well, of carbon fiber fiberglass style. You know, I've always been a traditional stock type of guy, um, and I haven't really spent a lot of time behind the chassis. So okay. yeah, I'd. I'd you know, I've had a quick go of um, a KRG yes. style yep. chassis, and and it felt good. You know, it, it you know it was set up for someone else, but it still felt good. But I, I just like the idea of all those different adjustments to to really tailor the feel and and get and it customized. Yeah, get it customized you. exactly how you want it. Because the big thing for me when you when you're shooting a rifle is that it it should well the term you know fit fit like a glove. Yeah, you know, sure. Yeah. And, and the better a gun fits you, I think, the more naturally you can shoot it. Uh, and mm-hmm. well, um, so I think, yeah, I'd like to spend a bit more time with a chassis type setup just to see how well I can get it customized to me. Yeah, yeah, I've I've used a couple of, oh, probably I've used one chassis extensively, which is the XLR, and it just didn't take, didn't quite take me. Um, yeah. It was it was excellent, shot really really well. Um, I had Steve in here uh, from Precision Rifle Products last week. And he, um, I, I like his chassis. I've shot them quite a bit, and they seem to be quite good. Um, I'll probably end up getting one of those um, at some point and um, give it a run, see how it goes, see see whether I can convert myself back to that chassis style. Although, as I mentioned before, one of those AI stocks is, uh, yeah, really appealing, and yeah. which is odd because normally I don't really like that chassis so, style. So, so with the chassis style, you know how you see it didn't quite grab you. 
Uh, can yep. you put your finger on the reason, or is it just a personal preference thing? Um, I, I think it's perhaps the uh, uh, the openness of them. So they've they've got. Um, I don't quite know how to describe it with the with the more traditional looking, uh, like the Manor style, the Macmillan style. You've, mm. you've got um, like a really standard feel where you've got you've got um, some meat to them. Yeah, some meat yeah. to them, and, and wherever you put your hand, you're not catching on anything or. Um, that side of things, and and that's where perhaps the chassis haven't quite taken me. Where, you know, they're a little bit less tactile. If so, that's perhaps yeah, the word. so it's more of a feel mm. rather than a practical but shooting. But that really could all be in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, that's right. You if know, I spent. I, I didn't particularly like the XLR one that I used. Mm. Um, but if uh, yeah, I think if I, I got behind one and used it and set it up for me, I, I probably wouldn't. Wouldn't yeah. be hindered by one. Yep. Um. Probably. Probably a very good thing. Mm. It is interesting to see that the the manners of McMillan style certainly dominates PRS. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's certainly more popular. Um. But I I have I have hunted with a guy who has a that KRG you talked about before, and he he's big fan of it. And mm. he's very good with it. Just he's very good. With it. <laughs> he is. Yeah. Um. But it was it was really easy to grab and hold, and it was quite lightweight. And yeah. those sort of things, I, I can see a real benefit in them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The other thing we wanted to um, to talk about very briefly, because it's just going to make us jealous or feel really bad, mm-hmm. is um, Applied Ballistics uh, launched the fact that they're going to do a seminar um, in Michigan in the US about external ballistics. And um, that's probably about all I really want to say, because I don't think I can really afford to go and... I, mm. I think anything further really is just going to make me upset about not being able to go. Yeah, <laughs> it looks be, really it, good. It, yeah, it'd be a real treat. For those, you know, interested in external ballistics or, you know, I've read um, some of Brian Litz's stuff and enjoyed reading those sorts of um, books, Would you know, it'd, you'd be like a kid in a candy shop, I think. Oh, I think absolutely, and, yeah. And um, just taking your knowledge to the next level at at, at the forefront of, of, of external ballistics. Um, real opportunity. It's a shame it's in America. Um yeah, they get all the good stuff, I guess. They sometimes, do, don't they? well, they, not all of it. They, not all of it. They are spoiled. Yeah, but um, <laughs> and look, I'd, I certainly, uh, if I got the chance to go, I, I certainly would. And, and so, I guess in, encouraging anyone here in Australia um, that is thinking or has reason to be in the states in into February next year, there's two days there in Michigan that um, perhaps would be really, really worthwhile. And it's not overly expensive. It's uh, if you book in December, it's four hundred bucks US. Yeah. And the accommodation was about a hundred and fifty or something US, so it, yeah. was, it was really reasonable. And some really good key speakers. Yeah, well, uh, well Brian Litz is is he's, he's, he's the, the main, main speaker. speaker, but there was also some very good co-speakers. Well, Eric Stecker, who's the um, president of Burger Bullets, so he yeah, would probably okay. be worthwhile listening to. Absolutely. Um, and there's a couple other guys um, involved with applied ballistics, and uh, the current captain of the US Palmer team. Um, oh, or the FTR team, or something, something yeah. along those lines. So, yeah, a fairly well, um, uh, a fairly well, uh, well versed shooter. Yeah, um, and they yeah. they were combining um, discussion and, and uh, lectures with, um, well, as far as I could read, at actually practical demonstrations. So yes. actually going out and shooting, um, probably not everyone actually individually shooting, but shooting mm. to show these uh, principles and ideas in in effect, which mm. it, it's fantastic to learn about it from a, a theoretical point of view and then actually to see mm. it in action, I think, is a real benefit. So mm. if anyone's going from Australia and wants to take heaps of photos and notes for us, yep. uh, let us know. Uh, and if anyone's listening from the US, 
and you don't go, just listen how devastated we are about not yeah. being able to go, and you're you're so much closer than we are. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think we'll move on from that because uh, it's just going to be um, uh, a sore point. Mm. Anyway, the uh, Greg, we, we thought we'd do an episode just with the two of us tonight, anyway, because we um, we had been asked about you know what type of shooting we've been doing and have done and where we've come from and and um we're nothing particularly special but we'd, we're happy to share what we are or how we got into shooting and and where we've ended up being here um so greg how did you start mate yeah well yeah i guess that that is a good start point what, what what's the event that sort of turned us into to, into shooters i guess and and for me it was actually right back when i was a, a, a really young fella uh, my grandpa was a grumpy old bugger, <laughs> and uh, he he used to sit out on his back porch and he Runs used to family mate. He used to slingshot feral cats <laughs> from his back porch. And that's what he used to do in his, his retirement. And he got me. Did he put the cats in the slingshot, or did he slingshot oh, out the cats? He was he was a good shot. He was a good shot. <laughs> okay, he, yeah, he, he got a few. Yeah, um, and he he taught me how to use a slingshot. And from that point on, I, I, I pretty much was a hunter. I wouldn't say I was a you know, obviously I went on to shooting from that point, but I was more a hunter than a shooter. Shooter mm-hmm. was just the, 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 I guess, the cherry on the cake. Sure. Um, but yeah, for me, that, that really got me going. And I, and I used to spend hours, you know, uh, uh, shooting birds, you know, and then I went into the air rifles, went into the 22s, rabbits. And, and you know, I'm, I'm 41. And sort of back in my younger day, before Khaleesi virus got released, mm-hmm. we used to have whole hillsides full of rabbits, you know, yep. bunny warrens. It, it was fantastic for a young kid with a twenty-two, And, um, you know, I used to spend all day out on the bunny warrens, um, loved it, and uh, sort of been shooting ever since. Mm. I guess what, what what got you started, Rusty? Do you remember the event that sort of went, oh, um, I could handle this? I, kn- I know that I I definitely uh, was shooting from about five or six years old, somewhere around there. Um not to any major extent, but I, I'd, um, we would often visit relatives on farms or friends on farms, mm. and every time we we went, it was always, well, are we gonna are we gonna go shooting? Because if not, I'm not really interested yeah, in going. Yeah, you, because your your dad was a shooter, wasn't he? Yeah, so yeah. dad, I guess dad's it's all dad's fault. Yeah, um, he grew up in England and and was in uh, Norfolk area, and it was quite acceptable back then to have a fourteen under the front seat of the car in mm. case you saw a rabbit uh, mm. as you're driving along, and uh, mm. pull it out and shoot the rabbit, and yeah, away you went from there. He's more the shotgun discipline, isn't he? He is more, yeah, yeah but uh, he's he's more of that, you know, that um, that hunting style yeah. type of setup, and so yeah. I was introduced to that and and got behind twenty twos, I guess, initially, and um, and. Then yeah, we we do that every time we go, and a number of those properties I still shoot today. Mm. The probably the the defining moment was we went over to England. Um, uh, this is going back about fifteen years or so, and mm. and we went over to England, and I hadn't probably shot for a little while. It, it'd been always a a present thing, but not a, a front of mind thing. Mm. And we were there, and and the property we were staying on, they took us shooting. And it re really really rekindled uh, that mm. sort of idea and and uh, of, of going out and that was hunting. We were shooting um, rabbits that particular day, mm. and I really really enjoyed it. And came back and went through all the processes to get licensed and yep. to regularly go out. And from there, it's been um, uh, I guess a consistent, you know, uh, mostly around hunting initially, <coughs> and then developing into um, being very interested in the target side. Always with the basis of improving my ability to be able to hunt better 
yep. um, is probably yep. where it came from. Yep. Um, probably more recently, I've been happy to shoot still and, and mm. that sort of stuff for its own reason. But always mm. there's an aspect of developing so I can I can hunt further and, and better. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I know, well, well for me, you know, from, the, from that early childhood stage, I guess, you know, I got into my late teenage years. Um, we were doing a lot of shooting on farms. Um um, and, and, you know, I got to enjoy the semi-automatic days. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had a bit of fun. I had an old Mini 14 for a while and an SKK and I had a semi-automatic shotgun. High precision uh, stuff. Yeah, high, yeah, you know, if you if you can't hit it, spray it. You know, it was, it was <laughs> we weren't very good shooters back then. We, we didn't understand ballistics. You know, we were just out there shooting rabbits and shooting foxes, yep. not at extreme ranges or anything. Um, probably the, the big defining moment for me, I joined the Army at, at 17. And, um, you know, got taught, and I'm sure there's plenty of listeners out there that have served, um, got taught, you know, the good old marksmanship principles and, and started to really understand how to shoot properly sure. um, um, with some level of, of, of technique and discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I did a lot of shooting in the Army. Uh, did a little, not, not, I, I was never a sniper or anything like that. I, I just did, you know, the typical, um, you know, style well, I had some SLR time, but typical sort of 100, 200, 300 metre shooting in different positions. Yes. Um, and it was probably not until, well, in parallel with that, I was doing a lot of hunting in northeast Victoria. Sure, yep. And doing a lot of, you know, chasing deer around, a lot of goats, shot a lot of goats. Um, but I was primarily a stalker shooter. So close so I, range. Yeah, stalk in close. Um, and then shoot. So no real shooting skill required. It was all about the stalk for me. Yeah, and that's where the skill and the art form is. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, I got out of the Army then. Or, you know, I got out of the Army in, you know, 15 years later. and, and <laughs> Just hung around for a yeah, while. Yeah, hung around for a while. Yeah, so I shot in lots of different states and hunted in lots of different states. I really like northeast Victoria. Um, I'd love to go back there and hunt again, but... Um, are you, it's probably, are you trying to drop hints for an invite, are you? Yeah, 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 invites. <laughs> put them up on Facebook. I'll be there with bells on. Nice. Um, uh, for any of those guys in Victoria, Coryong was the main area I used to, to hit a lot, just around Coryong. But um, when I got out, that's when I come back to South Australia. South Australia is very much um, open farmland style shooting. There's not so much of that. There still is, but there's not so much of that stalking, is yeah, there? Yeah, so forests and for me, you know, I met all you guys, you know, I met Sam and and started to do a lot more farm, open, open sort of, uh, um, what do you call it? Yeah, sort of more flatland shooting. Yeah, sort of flatland shooting, and and it's like, well, you know, I need to extend my reach mm. because you know these foxes sitting at four hundred laughing at me. Yeah, um, and they don't want to come any closer. Yeah, and they don't want to come any closer. I want to knock these buggers over. So that's where I really started. That was about 2005, eight. Um, I really started to look at ballistics and understanding how to reach out, and you know, um, so that that's sort of my progression. Sure. Um, how about yourself, Sam? Yeah, um, I, I guess we we I, I was shooting with uh, some some particular guys, and and we got into it and got into it more seriously very mm. uh, very quickly, and I started working at a, a gun shop, and. We we would go. Out, I remember distinctly one property we were using. We, we'd go out and we would see about thirty rabbits in a night, and we would mm. be wrapped because we'd shoot three or four of them, and that was yeah. you know, sensational. And over the period of a, of a year or two years, a fairly concentrated 
sort of improvement, we'd go out and we'd see 30 rabbits in a night and shoot 30 rabbits in a night. And we did that a couple of times and then stopped seeing 30 rabbits in a night and started seeing three or four rabbits in a night and would be knocking them all off. And um, that, I guess, was um, over that period of time we, we... we got better. Yeah. It was a conscious decision to try and get better and spend more time mm. shooting some targets so that we would be shooting game mm. better. Mm. A- and from there, d- the desire, because I probably started more as a shotgun shooter, which I'm yep. not sure I'm meant to admit, but that's, mm. that's certainly where it came from. I and, won't and hold it against you, mate. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Appreciate no it. Um, and from there, the desire for the rifles and the, the more precision, the longer range, and, and we're fortunate the property we're using, we could stretch out. Um, to comfortably about 700 metres directly from where we're shooting. If we, we worked out, if we swung around the other way, we could shoot 1,000, 1,100. So we, we did. I started, uh, I worked for Night Force for a, a number of years and um, I guess that really helped with getting to um, develop knowledge and experience and mm. um, went on from there and, and um, after leaving there, started uh, Southern Shooters and offering training and information from myself uh, but also others within the industry who really knew what they're talking about and been doing it for a long time and mm. um, being able to provide that information through to guys who were where I was 10, 15 years earlier um, and seeing more, you know, hopefully more shooters, get them, get them uh, involved and get it more serious as well. Mm. So, um, and then now I guess we're, we're here and yep. we're trying to shoot as stupidly far as we can, uh, yep. but also trying to do it more closer in and, and do it quickly and rapidly and all that sort yeah, of stuff yeah. as well. So. Yep. Um, that's what I really, really enjoy. Mm. Um, yeah, and but also the same as you, you're trying to, that, that desire to be able to shoot those foxes further and further and, yeah. and further away. Yep. Um, yeah, it was always, you know, always a good challenge. Yeah. And done some uh, some contract reshooting as well, and that's um, yeah, well, that was always, you know, very important to be precise. Yeah, and that is, uh, I know you're heavily involved with it too, Sam, but I know for me, I, I go way back to, you know, double S double A in Wodonga, where I was um, part of the conservation pest management. Now that that was a turning point for me in my shooting because I was, well, my hunting, I should say, I was really just shooting stuff, feral stuff. <laughs> yep. Didn't really have a lot of purpose to my shooting. Like, well, that's what I felt anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got involved in conservation pest management and started working with rangers and um, working in national parks to help, you know. The vertebrate pest management side of things, helping the rangers sort that side of things out, gave me a lot of purpose around my hunting. So, um, yeah, I got pretty heavily involved in that. Um, and I know these days both myself and Sam, we're both, you know, registered um, yeah, uh, vertebrate pest, pe- controllers. pest controllers. So, you know, we, we sort of do that stuff on the side as well. So try and help help landowners and land managers manage, you know, the the, the feral numbers, you know, um, just mm. to to get the balance right, so to speak. So. Absolutely. Mm. What's less cool about that side of things, although, well, from a, from this podcast side of things, it also involves trapping and baiting and a few other things yeah, as well. So it's actually quite a well a well rounded thing. But anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll pretend it's just shooting, just for the sake of yeah. the, this podcast. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> lot of different components to that, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Um, but that aside, um, what, what equipment are you running now, Greg? Um, okay, so. I've got, as you probably all know by now, is I've got the Remy Seven Hundred Short Action Three Hundred Eight, which yep. I'm, I'm, which is basically my project gun at the moment. Yeah, that's um, the one under under change. That's the one under podcast scrutiny. Um, so that'll change to a six mil soon enough. Yep. Um, 
what else have I got in the cabinet? I've got. Is, it, is there any updates on the? On that well, I've things, I've or? got the barrel sitting there. Yeah. The barrel sitting on my desk, and I, yep. Um, That's where we're up to at the moment. Yeah, I really want to sort out my mag system. Okay. I, I really want to know how much overall length I've got, so I can just get that barrel cut. Yep. That barrel throat cut right. Appropriately, sure. yeah, appropriately to to, to maximise my use of overall length. And so have you got a scope at the moment, or you? Yeah, I've got the XRS Bushnell XRS. Good choice. Yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so that's where that one's at. It's sort of in lieu at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's shooting okay with 308, but I, I'm just it's just not where I want to be. Yep. So I'll, I'll sort that one out. Yep. Um, oh, I've got an old 22. Everyone's got an old 22. It have to um, requirement. It doesn't even have a scope on it. That's my trap gun, actually. I just use it for, for uh, popping foxes when oh, I get them in a trap. I thought you were shooting clays with it. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> off, <laughs> off, off, hand, <laughs> off hand, from the hip. Um, and what else have I got in there? I've got a Tika, um, Tika 223 yep. uh, varmint. You've had that for quite a while now, oh, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I've had that for a number of years. And Gee, it's a good gun. Um, mm. I really feel I can thread the needle with that thing. I've yep. shot a lot of foxes with it. Um Really, really good gun. Managed to work up a really good load for that. Um, love it. Nice. Um, and oh, then I've got my old BSA 243. Yes. Which I first bought when I was 18 years old. I'm now 41. Yep. And I still have it. Original barrel. <laughs> and it's shooting 0.2 MI. Wow. Uh, with 87 grain. Vmax. Um, I haven't, obviously, I haven't shot tens of thousands of rounds through it. <laughs> it's sat for quite a while, but it's killed many, many things mm-hmm. uh, in terms of mainly goats. Yep. Um, I used to shoot very light factory rounds through it for a lot of years before I got ballistically um, educated. <laughs> and um, now I run reloads, which are a quite light load, actually. That's just where the node is. Yep. Um, but, gee, I'm really happy with that gun. Um, and what's that wearing scope-wise, is that? That's, that's got a ERS... Bushnell okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, very, very clear, very basic scope, but very clear um, and very what, good optics. What's on your uh, ticket yeah, for the price? Um, yeah. The ticket at the moment's just got a hand me down. It's got a very old Bushnell Elite Tactical, okay. which is obsolete. So I'm a bit of a Bushnell Elite Tactical fanboy. <laughs> it seems that um, way, mate. Just mainly because the price range for what you get, sort of good bang for buck. Yeah, good value for um, money. Yeah, sure. you know, yeah, I would like to buy better scopes than that, but for my my pocket. They're they're just smack on, but the one I've got for the two two three is quite an old scope, um, but it's um, it's not great compared to the ERS and XRS, but it'll do. It'll, it'll do, do for now. Yeah. yeah, it's functional, very functional. Uh, just just blacks out a bit in low light. Yeah, um, under a bit of zoom, but the other two are quite good. Yeah, have you seen that um, LR? LRHS, I think it is from Bushnell. That might be a con- consideration for that two to three. Yeah, I've I've had a look if through one of those. Yeah, if um, you get to that point. Yeah, uh, Sean from STS. Yep. Uh, he he showed me one and uh, seemed pretty damn good to me. Yeah, very, very clear. You seem seemed like Bushnell's mate, so that seems to fit your categories. Yeah, no. <laughs> if it's Bushnell, it's good. No, no I'll, I'm not sure I agree with that statement to its yeah, full extent. Yeah, no. but their elite tactical stuff does certainly do yeah, very well. They definitely lift the bar. You know, I've, I've been shooting a while, and and you know, Bushnell wasn't the greatest thing in the world many years ago, mm. um, but they've they've definitely upped the ante and um, offering a good bang for buck functional scope. I guess. Nice. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty happy with that. And that's I don't have a shotgun. Um, no. I, I I have done a lot of shotgunning in the past. I had a semi-automatic shotgun for many years, and 
it's just something, uh, it's just a discipline that didn't really overly grab me. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think every gun safe should have one because it's, you know, for shooting birds when you need to, um, yep. in terms of, you know, the odd duck or whatever. But um, no, at the moment, don't have one. No. Um, but yeah, that's, that's that's my safe. That's the collection. Do, nice. do we want to go into yours or will that take us about four or five hours? <laughs> oh, that's unfair. Um <laughs> I can uh, happily talk about some of the the stuff that's probably geared more towards the precision side of things. I've yeah, got twenty right. twos yeah. and I've got shotguns. Mm. I just picked up one of those new Adlers. Um, that seems to be going all right, but that's certainly not a precision gun. Yep. Um, the so my 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 most common spotlighting uh, rifle was the twenty two to fifty, which is ba- built off a, a Remington seven hundred action. It was a VSSF. Two yeah, originally. So I've been out a few times with you with that rifle. Yeah, yeah it's now performed a, very well. What has it got? A Lilja barrel uh, on it, um, and it it shoots really, really well. Well, it certainly did. I'm hoping it still does now. I've, yeah. I've had a, I've had a lot of modifications done to it in terms of um, bolt release and this and that. Yeah, and okay. with a couple of minor issues that I I've been uh, I'll say I'll say too busy, but perhaps not not made it a priority to get around to fixing. Yeah. Yep. But I've now, uh, just the other day, loaded up 500 rounds for it, so it's set and it's ready to rock and roll, and I'll probably use it, use it this weekend for well, the first time for a while. Good yeah. time of year to get a 250 up and running. Absolutely. Fo- foxes are out and about. They yeah. certainly are. So we're going to see how we go this weekend. Uh, that's mm. got a, um, a Zeiss uh, Dyer range, I think it's called, or pronounced, um, which is just a 3 to 12 scope, a really high quality optics, yeah, but really it's nice. got a range finder in it. Oh, yes, I've seen that. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's... <laughs> that, uh, that makes uh, and I, I got that when I was doing rear contracts because um, it just it was it's an extra half a second and you confirm your range perfectly mm. and be great um, for foxing yeah for foxing it's wonderful um, particularly when you don't tell anyone you've got a range finder and you start nailing things a, a lot further away than you really should yeah and um, you omit the fact that you've got a range finder so mm. anyway it makes it look pretty good that range out a fair way too from memory I've pushed it out to about eight 900 yards and yeah. it seems to be consistent out yep. to there um, yep. very quick actually uh, I've noticed compared to any other range finder I've used as soon as you press that button you get a reading yeah right um, the 12 power probably leaves me wanting a little bit more I wouldn't would mm. like a 15 I had a 15 on there previously mm. but that range finder is hard to give up um, yeah yeah so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna claim that my target guns, uh, which I still certainly do use for hunting, um, but I guess designated target guns. Uh, there's a, a Stiller that's uh, been put into a, or a, a 260 that's built on a Stiller with a Lilja barrel, and that's um, that was built by Jerome Zish uh, from Zish Custom. And that's performed really, really well, running a 140 Burger, and that's uh, that's got a scope that, that is shared between a couple of guns, which is the... Um, Carl's 624i, which I'm so so when you say you're sharing, are you running like quick release? Yeah, so that's got a yep. little room mount on it, which I can pull on and off uh, quite comfortably. It seems to return to zero really, really well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Always curious about those. So yeah, yeah. not not too bad. <coughs> I'm I'm happy with it. Um, yeah, I haven't done it. I, I'll be honest, I haven't done a huge amount of swapping, changing back and forth, back and forth. Mm. But um, the the amount of I have done, I've, I've, it's not been a massive hindrance. I, I just haven't been able to afford to stack more scopes. I guess I've probably bought too many guns, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and so that's uh, there's that one. Then I've got a very similar setup in a 308, um, which perhaps has died off in use since I've got the 260, to be fair, yeah. but that often will take that kales on it and, and put it across. Um, there's a 22BR, 
um, built on a stiller as well. What do you find on the 22 BR? That's a sensational little round, running 69 grain. Um, What's that similar to ballistically? Um, probably closest to a 22 to 50. Oh, really? Um, that flat? I suspect, yeah, perhaps a little bit quicker. Yeah, right. Um, wow. But I run a heavier projectile in it. So yep. um, that's more of a target one. That's got like a night force competition, so like a 55 power scope. And I'm pretty sure we said the other week, don't have 50, you know, don't have Yeah, <laughs> yeah, field of view's gone. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But yeah. um, to break my own rules. But that gun is designed really to, to be shooting really accurately out to about 400 metres. And that scope yep. does and, that really, and really well. away. Yep. Yeah, and so that, that, I mean, certainly will go further, but it's that yeah. I've got guns that will go further. And that, yep. so that's set up there. Um, and so I'm really, really happy with that one. Um, it's got a massive truck axle on it. For a barrel, um, oh, yeah. but it's only because it's half price, so I, I picked it up really cheap. Hey. So I'm, I'm not really going to complain about the profile on it. Um, yeah. It's a bit big, like the the guns in a GRS stock, and so the guns a bit big to um to hunt with. With, with those um, truck axles, yeah. the, the truck axle. How's that grouping? Have groups really well. Yeah, yeah you think yeah, so with the rigidity and. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, that, that gun groups great. Uh, Nick from Ignition Custom built that gun, and yep. I got that. The accuracy out of that is is very um very consistent and mm, really mm. good. Yeah, with yeah, those nice. sixty nine SM uh, TMKs, sorry, the tipped match kings. Yeah, I was running SMKs and changed over when they came out with the TMKs and haven't looked back. Yeah, right. Um, Lovely. What else have we got? Uh, the biggest stuff, I guess, the three hundred Win Mag, which is actually just a Remington SPS seven oh seven hundred SPS long range. Yep, that's in the JE stock at the moment, the J yep. Allen stock. Um, that's uh, that's shooting well. Two thirty grain burgers. I've, I've, that barrel has been dropped back to a twenty inch, um, I guess, to make it smaller, lighter, and, and a little bit more uh, rigid. It's very accurate, um, and it still will push out to twelve hundred. So far, no no problems. Mm-hmm. I haven't pushed it further with the smaller barrel yet, mm-hmm. um, but built for a purpose, and and it seems to perform well. Um, then a three throughout Lapua, which is again a Remington uh, originally, um, but I, mm. I think the the action's the only thing left that's original um, mm. with Krieger on it, and that's got a um, that between that and the three hundred Wimag shares a Bushnell XRS, funny enough, yeah. uh, same as you, but with a Horace reticle. Um, yep. Yeah, and and I think that's probably all the all the guns that are relevant to the. Yeah, the discussion yeah. we got all the yeah you know, the bits and pieces plus some of the southern shooters guns are uh, in my safe so yep. um, yeah but they're they're good fun they keep me um, keep me entertained and yeah. there's um, there's a few projects um, that are in the line and we talked about me doing six Creedmoor which is going to be yeah a while that'll away, be but that'll be interesting though I'm really keen to see how that one yeah well you know, I've, I've shakes out against a, you know a six by forty seven no it's not a direct comparison but it'd just be interesting to see how you go compared to how I go yeah. Um, oh, should be good fun, but that's going to be of, yeah, yeah, going to be a good year away. I suspect year fair enough, eighteen yeah. months because I've got plenty of other guns that I need to uh, need to. Well, most of them are pretty honed in. I've got loads for all of them. They they shoot really well, and then we're um mm. just trying to see how far and how quick we can shoot them. Yep. So yep. yeah, um, no, very so good. So that's the the self indulgent part of the well, self indulgent podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about our experience and and what we're running and that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm sure we're going to put through Andrew through the paces as well. And Dan, uh, when he jumps on board, we'll, we'll ask them the same questions and mm. get their experiences and, and stuff. And no, look, there's probably heaps more we could talk about what we've done and stuff, but there's only so much time. Mm. Yeah. Greg, anything else you wanted to uh, to bring up or ask or that sort of stuff? No, I don't, I don't think I've got anything else. No. Sam, unless you've got something, mate. 
no, I think um, I think that for uh, for this week we're we're down a couple of guys, so uh, we're down. Mm. You know, usually run as as three. Um, so we've had we've just talked about ourselves basically for half an hour. Yeah. Um, so if anyone's still listening, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks for thanks for listening. Um, and we will be back in a, uh, well next week. We actually have um, Daryl from Me Platform Services. And he's uh, he knows his stuff really a lot about projectiles, but he does a few other things as well. And I'm um, really interested in speaking with him um, about what he's up to. And then I guess yeah, a week after that we'll be back on deck um, mm. with a with a full crew and talking about guns again. I think we we postponed a bit of a discussion about barrels that we wanted to do. So that will yeah. be a topic of choice. Um, mm-hmm. Plus whatever the Precision Rifle blog has come out with, I'm sure we'll mention that. Yeah, we've got a few there we've got to catch up on. And so. let's, uh, let's never mention the Applied Ballistic Seminar again. No. Um, unless no. it turns out one of us can go and then we'll talk about it non-stop. Yes, um. that'd be good. <laughs> but if, if uh, someone is actually going and you're willing to get back to us with some feedback and in information about how it is, please get in touch because we'd love to yeah, love be, to hear about that'd it. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks, Greg, for coming in. No worries. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, thanks to STS for uh, sponsoring this show. Cheers. Catch you again. Cheers. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by STS Steel Targets, premium shooting targets and accessories.